0: Welcome to What's Up Tybee. I'm Sandy McLeod. Tybee has a lot of great things going for it. Of course, the beach, the eclectic people who live and visit the island, but one of its true crown jewels is the Tybee Post Theater, a fantastic venue that has a fascinating history, a tremendous sound system, and truly not a bad seat in the house. The 207-seat theater is fortunate to have a hardworking and dedicated staff, which includes the director, Evan Getz, who took the helm just over a year ago. He has a very exciting announcement that he's going to share with us in this interview, and you'll want to hear it for sure if you're a music lover. Even though he inherited the job right in the middle of COVID, he has from the start found creative ways to program to stay alive and even thrive. But ironically, Evan had planned to be on the other side of the stage curtain when he started his career. I grew up in
1: a small town in South Carolina called Gaffney, right at the upstate. The county bordered the North Carolina-South Carolina line, so it was right there. We are known for the Big Peach Water Tower <laughs> off of the Interstate 85 that looks um, not so pg <sighs> <laughs> and everyone always makes fun of it. And then we're also known for, I don't tell people this much anymore House of Cards. The character, the main character on there, is from Gaffney, South Carolina. So small town, about 12,000 people. For me, it felt very, very small and I actually decided to stay there for college small town oh well might as well stay I guess but my family lived there I actually had a relationship with a theater professor at limestone college which is in gaffney it's a women's school that was founded in 1845 and became co-ed in the 30s again I had that relationship with the theater professor and I knew I wanted to do theater so I decided to stay and go to school at limestone and it was uh, such a great great environment It was small, intimate. I learned so much while I was there and again, had those relationships. I was close to my family. So it was a really nice combination. And then immediately after I graduated, I went straight to grad school and I went to Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD and for my MFA in performing arts. I thought I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to do this professionally. Let's do it. Let's try it. And I did that for a little bit professionally and then quickly realized that life was not for me, uh, sort of this gypsy lifestyle. I personally did not want to do that. I wanted a little more stability in my life, a little more, um, consistent income as well (laughs) because you never know what the next job is going to be if you're an actor, a professional actor.
0: Evan says he learned a lot at SCAD, but the large size of the class and having some experience in working as an actor made him really question where he wanted to go with his life. I lost my way. A little bit the confidence that I thought I had
1: coming from this small town obviously big fish in a small pond now um so I lost my confidence I lost my way a little bit and I thought what do I really want to do I have no clue. And right after grad school, I met Savannah Stage Company, which was a brand new theater company in downtown Savannah. And they were professional, meaning they pay everyone who's involved. So I started doing the marketing for them, sort of the creative direction. And I had done that previously in undergrad and grad school, um, arts administration, if you will. And I thought, this is kind of cool. And at one time after grad school, I had five part-time jobs. However, they were all in theater or marketing. I worked for, for Skidaway Island State Park as their marketing coordinator. I taught at Armstrong part-time uh, public speaking and theater. I worked with Savannah Stage Company. I worked at the Savannah Children's Theater. I taught their field trips in the morning and their uh, middle school classes in the afternoon. So it was all theater and arts administration related. And then a job came open at Armstrong in the art, music, and theater department as a marketing coordinator for those three schools. So I applied and I got the job learned so much. I ran the box office, I did the recruitment, I did all the marketing for the events, all but all related to art, music and theater. So arts and culture, which is where I felt like I was going, that arts administration path.
0: Well, it wasn't long until Evan and his partner ended up back where they started, thanks to an offer they couldn't refuse.
1: There was an opportunity with my partner. He got offered a job in South Carolina, in Rock Hill, South Carolina. You know, we've been in Savannah for six, seven years at this point. Let's go back to South Carolina and be closer to family and see what that's like. Rock Hill is a great place. It's the fastest growing city in South Carolina. It's right under Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's really nice. But I went up there and I didn't have a job. It's like, what am I going to do? I have no clue. I was a finalist for a couple positions, including the Charlotte Symphony for marketing, and I didn't get it. I thought, oh, my life is over. What am I going to do? And then actually another job, the Arts and Science Center Cultural Nonprofit in Charlotte. I was a finalist for that job, didn't get it. But they recommended me for another job at Blumenthal Performing Arts, which is the big arts and culture institution in Charlotte. They have six theaters. They do the Broadway touring shows. Their biggest theater is 3,200 seats. So I applied for the marketing position there for their membership campaigns and their Broadway campaigns. And I got the job. And it was fun at first. I enjoyed meeting the people and the patrons. The job itself was okay. The working environment was really interesting. There was a lot of turnover. And I have such a passion for being positive and being happy and making sure that's communicated to all patrons. And unfortunately, the work environment was not that way. But that's okay. That's just the way it is sometimes. It, it was almost like we were in the business of just making money and selling tickets, which sure, that's fine. But where was the humanity in it? Where was the relationship part of it? And then my partner got offered a job back in Savannah at a really awesome church. He's a director of music and worship. That's his career path, exceptional at it. At the same time, the Tybee Post theater job came open and I said, well, this may be a really good opportunity for both of us, let me apply and see what happens. Four interviews later, was uh, offered the job here at the Tybee Post Theater. And we love Savannah, we love the area, so we were happy to come back.
0: Running a successful arts venue with live performances is a tricky business on a good day. But starting out in the new position in the middle of a pandemic did not come with an instruction manual. It's
1: been an interesting and wild ride coming in on the coattails the or really in the, in the middle of COVID and navigating how do you run a performing arts venue in the middle of COVID? A really interesting experience. Um, when I started, we were shut down, essentially. There were movies that we were playing at a limited capacity. But as far as the live events go, the theater was not doing those. We were not producing those. And I think it was my second week here, we had a board meeting. And at that board meeting, they were discussing opening back up. And I said, I'm Happy to do that. But first, I want to ask the patrons if they're ready to come back. I said, "I, I don't think the data will lie. I think we need to send out a survey and see if they're ready. We need to ask them specific questions of, are they comfortable coming back in social distancing or at full capacity? Uh, What measures should we take to ensure their safety? And we sent out that survey and the majority of people were interested in coming back at full capacity. I said, okay, let's try it. Let's do it. Let's still be safe. Let's still offer hand sanitizing stations. Let's clean the theater after performances in a better way than a normal cleaning. Let's just try it. And masks were not required. That was a question we asked and the majority of people said they did not want to come back if they had to wear a mask. So at that point, we requested that they wear it and the majority of people actually wore them. So they were still being very careful, which I was very appreciative um, because I want to keep everyone safe. Essentially, it's my responsibility to make sure everyone leaves this place and feels comfortable and safe. So we've been doing that for a year now. In, in some form of fashion, we've relaxed a little bit, obviously, as everything else has been relaxed. You know, there have been those spikes that we've had to ramp up the safety a little bit. We even had to shut down in January of 2022 for about three or four weeks when it was so crazy out there. And it made a huge difference. I wanted to keep my patrons safe, but I also wanted to keep my performers safe. And I wanted to be a good steward of, of our financials. You know, we were going to lose money if we continued to stay open and people weren't coming to shows, but we were still having them. So it was a win-win all around. We opened back up in February and we've been extremely successful since then. March of 2022 has been our most successful month on record, which has been awesome. That tells me people are ready to come back. They're ready to experience fun and be together.
0: Evans says he believes it's critical to consider the wants and needs of all patrons to the theater, regardless of their mailing address, and to make sure to keep an open mind and listen in order to understand how to best serve the community.
1: My philosophy is always to stay positive, to listen. I hate to build up walls. I like to tear them down and sometimes people build up their own walls. Sometimes they're made out of brick. Sometimes they're made out of cardboard, plastic, whatever. I always try to find a way. How do I tear that wall down and see the person and listen to them and communicate with them in a positive way? And that's how I see the theater. How do we stay positive and communicate effectively and deal with the people who have, have issues and listen to them and not put up our own wall and to continue to, to have fun? I think the biggest thing that I had to, to dive into and look for was the programming for the people that come to the theater What do they want to see? What do they want to be experiencing? What do they want to be a part of? And I was told by a lot of people that this place is just for Tybee. And yes, it is. I think at its core, it's for Tybee. But it's also for people not on Tybee. It's for anyone who comes to this place. So that informed my decisions on who I bring here. It is a place for everyone. And that's what I want to communicate to people that yes, it is for Tybee because we are on Tybee way beyond, way beyond Savannah, way beyond Chatham County. I mean, we're reaching people internationally. All over the country, we're reaching people. So it's a place for them as well. And I think that's sort of the philosophy I've gone with is we're we're in this together. We're all experiencing this together, regardless of your political views, whatever you believe in. When you enter this space, we are now here together, communicating together, having fun together, and experiencing something awesome on stage together.
0: Besides dealing with COVID, It's been a learning curve for Evan to determine what patrons want to see and hear. Plus, it's been frustrating to find a way to balance that while also trying to support local talent.
1: For me, the biggest challenge is what do I bring to our stage? (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, well, I really love this band personally, but is it going to do well? I mean, are people going to come see it and experience it? I don't know, but I am the kind of person who will throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. You will never know until you try it. You got to test it out. You got to prototype it. I mean, everything that you use in your daily life has been tested and prototyped. So why not do that with arts and culture to see if it works? And sometimes you fail. And that's okay. Sometimes you try it multiple times to keep it consistent and then it may not work even then and that's okay. I want to support local musicians and instrumentalists and and singers and talent. But I've I've realized that doesn't work here so much. I mean, a lot of the times the people that are local are playing in restaurants and playing in bars or in in spaces that are free for the public. Yes, it's awesome to give them a space here in a professional environment with really nice sound equipment and a really cool theater, but sometimes people don't support that because they're seeing them all the time elsewhere. So that sort of breaks my heart a little bit because I want to support them, but it just doesn't work for us financially or for the artist at that point because they're not making any money if we don't sell tickets. So that has been my biggest challenge and sort of eye-opening aspect of the job. Although I want to do it and maybe we support local musicians in a different way. Tybee Post Theater, meaning we don't have to necessarily do it on our stage. Maybe we can do it in the park or somewhere else in a different location, but it's supported by the Tybee Post Theater. So we're exploring a lot of those options and seeing how we can reach out to the community in that way and not just keep it in these four walls. Go beyond the four walls.
0: Evan says it's great to have a full house at the theater, but that's not the only thing that makes him feel that he's accomplished something special for the theater. The audience and their response to shows is just as important to him as the number of seats sold.
1: Obviously, we do a lot of tribute bands. Those are always super successful. I think the ones that are very successful, are the ones that feel authentic and real that aren't like putting on a show per se, but are just here to have a good time. We had an event recently. It didn't sell out, but the energy in the room was fantastic. We did we had a band from New York and they did a soul train tribute. So sort of disco, motownish music. And as soon as the first song started, everyone, everyone in the theater was on their feet dancing and it didn't stop for two hours and that that is magical and i think that's how i define success is maybe not the amount of ticket sales it's not about the sold out show it's about the energy in the room and what people are experiencing together and they're just having fun and to me that is a hundred percent success So I enjoyed those moments, and I define shows as successful based on the energy and the experience of the people.
0: I asked Evan what he thought the biggest challenges were for the theater, and he said it's partially the perception some people have of theater performances and the fight to get attention of the ticket-buying public.
1: I think arts and culture in the world is viewed as sort of hoity-toity sometimes or you know it, it feels separate for a lot of people it feels like oh that's not obtainable it's so expensive it's just not for me i don't say anything that i enjoy but the Tybee post theater is not that expensive first of all it's an affordable ticket you're gonna have a great time the concessions are super cheap so for the people who don't know it and don't experience it it's tough to convince them hey come here this place is for you too Also, marketing is such a tough thing in this world where everything is competing for everyone's attention. It's so hard. Everyone is on the go all the time. So to grab their attention and to convince them, hey, come to our space, come to our theater, experience a concert is really tough. So I'm competing with all kinds of other organizations in the city. But I think once people walk through our doors and experience it, they're hooked. They're like, wow, this is an amazing place. I want to come here often and as much as I can. So I think the trick is just getting people in the door. That's always a challenge and
0: we're working on it every day. The Post has been up and running and making great strides as a theater and community space since September of 2015. I asked Evan what he thinks is going to be necessary to continue growing and being successful in the future. I think we're at a moment of transition of how do we not only
1: sustain what we do, but how do we grow and how do we continue to to expand and to, to offer great programming? And that requires a lot of strategy on everyone's part, our board members, our staff, everyone, the patrons even. It requires time to reflect, to think, to dive into the data and see how do we continue to be successful. I always go back to... If we can be positive and if we can be authentic in what we do, we will continue to be successful. If we're a gimmick, if we're putting on airs, we're not going to be successful. But if we humanize who we are, if we become relatable, if we become authentic, that's how we survive. And it's done through diverse programming. It's done through community events. All kinds of factors play into that. Yeah, I think it's just being about being authentic.
0: Last but not least... Evan has a very exciting announcement to make about a really big event that's being planned for the Post Theater this fall.
1: You know, we're in the business of entertainment. We're in the business of music. And I thought, how can we create something really big and special that relates to that? And we came up with an idea of a big music festival, an outdoor music festival to say the least. People love those things. So we thought, let's try one on Tybee. So we approached Hotel Tybee, and they have been extremely kind in letting us use the space, their outdoor space, for a music festival. So in November of 2022, we are going to have a big outdoor music festival. And It's going to be all day, sort of, around 12 to going into the evening of different bands. That includes local and regional and national bands. And our headliner, I can say, is going to be the Indigo Girls, which we're so excited about. They've never played in this area. So their agent was like, yes, we want to do that. So we're super, super excited to bring them to the island and offer something at a little bit higher level for people to create a real experience like a music festival. So we're super, super excited about that. Tickets will go on sale in June It's going to be $100 per person. That includes general admission all day. You get in. You can leave if you want to. I mean, come back. We're going to have food on the premise. We're going to have drinks. um, Alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks. And um, just a really good time. There's also a $175 VIP ticket, which gets you into a air-conditioned room with food and a couple of free drinks, some really nice restrooms, all that fun stuff. So it's a little upcharge because you get a little bit more. But um, really affordable, I think, uh, for an all-day music festival, especially for the Indigo Girls. We're soliciting sponsors. We're asking people to be a part of this festival from $500 which is really great. You get some cool perks for that. All the way up to $25,000. <laughs> Those will be the big heavy hitters that we're, that we're reaching out to, and we, we may have someone. So um, be mindful, continue to be mindful of the importance of this place. Uh, log on to our website, typeuposttheater.org. Theater is spelled E-R, not R-E, And uh, see ways that you can be be a part of our family. Because that's what we truly are as a family. We welcome everyone.
0: There are many ways you can get involved to make sure this wonderful venue continues, whether it's buying a ticket to see a show or purchasing a brick or star in front of the theater or honoring someone or yourself with a seat sponsorship. Speaking of sponsorships, corporate sponsorships are always welcome, or you can volunteer and be sure to keep spreading the word out about this magical place. Special thanks to Tybee Post Theater of Director Evan Getz, who's doing such a great job, and also to the board members and everyone who loves the place. Let's make sure sure the doors stay open for many years to come. That's all for this edition of What's Up Tybee. If there's topics you'd like to hear more about, please let me know. The show is recorded, edited, and written by me, Sandy McLeod. Also keep in mind, in my real life, I'm an associate broker with Century 21 Fox Properties, and I'd love to help you if you ever need to buy or sell property in or around Tybee. See you next time. Thanks for listening, and no matter where you are, relax, think of the beach, and live your life like your own on Tybee time.